Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. There is a better way to practice architecture. When you build a thriving business, you will then have the time and the financial resources to do your best work, to design the architecture that you want to design. We've built a powerful program of resources, training, and community for you, the small firm architect. We'll show you how to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Entree Architect Academy. To learn more, visit the homepage at entrearchitect.com. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 181. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. This week, we have another episode from our podcast series called The Entrepreneur Architect, where I am inviting you to come to the show, you, the members of the Entree Architect community, and I want to tell every one of your stories. I want you to be on the Entree Architect podcast. So send me an email at podcast at entrearchitect.com and let us know that you want to be on the show. I want to share your story because we all have a story about how we were inspired to pursue this career in architecture, a story about the people who may have influenced us along the way, a story how we about how we became entrepreneur architects. This week, I have another great guest, 
on the Entree Architect podcast, Meghna Joshi, Entrepreneur Architect. This episode of Entree Architect podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, Core by BQE Software, and RCAT. And I'm going to share more about these great companies later in the show, but before we get started here, just take a quick note to schedule some time later today, as soon as you're finished listening here, to go visit each one of them and let them know that you appreciate them for supporting us, the Entree Architect community. Meghna Joshi, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I heard podcasts from you for almost two years and never imagined that I would be here on the show. It's it's one of my goals right now. Oh, that's great. I I, uh, I love having you on the show. I can't wait to, to hear your story and to learn a little bit more about you. We've been connecting for a long time on social media. And uh-huh. so uh, it's great to have you here on the show and, and meet Thank you, you. Uh, in, sort of in person. You know, when we do these, uh, we can see each other on Skype. And so it's great to uh, to see you. So, so let me um, introduce you a little bit, let people know who you are. You are Meghna uh, Joshi, and you are an architectural consultant from Irvine, California. And you have six of your architectural exams complete, almost there. Um, one more to, to call yourself officially an architect. Um, you are the founder of Women in Architecture Committee at AIA Orange County in California. Um, also the Communications Committee team member for AIA California Council and the AIA Orange County. So very active in AIA. Um, your blogs are published at Equity and Design um, and the AIA Nationals I Look, uh, uh, I Look Up page. So you can check them out there. Uh, and we'll also link to those blogs in our show notes. Uh, Megna moved to the U.S. when she was 22, uh, the day after she wrote her finals for her undergraduate. And with a major in architecture and an unemployment, and an, an employment, not an unemployment, <laughs> an employment permit, so you're ready to roll. Uh, got getting started in the U.S. wasn't too difficult, but sustaining sounds like wasn't wasn't too easy. Uh, you have a heavy emphasis with a heavy emphasis on con- concrete construction. Uh, your Indian education sort of left you undereducated in wood construction, which is like the main construction type here in the U.S. So what formed an hour-long study session and quiz now became everyday survival. Uh, Meghna has a um, Bachelor's of Architecture from Karnataka University in India and a Master's of Architecture with an emphasis on green buildings from San Francisco Institute of Architecture. So that sort of gives you a snippet of who Meghna is. What I would love, Meghna, for you to do is sort of give us your origin story. Go back to where you uh, discovered architecture, what inspired you to become an architecture, to pursue this profession, and then tell us that that story of your journey to this point where you are today. Okay. I grew up in a city called Bijapur in India. Bijapur is famous for Golkumbhaj and other historic monuments. Um, everywhere you go, every corner you turn, there is a historic monument of architectural significance. You can't escape it. Going to school meant crossing the historic door at the fort and playing with friends meant running around in the ruins of these buildings. My favorite activity as a kid was to make up a story about someone who lived in these buildings and imagine how life would have been for them. As I stepped into teenage, the influence of these buildings grew on me and there was just layers and layers of information that 
they carried. I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to be that person who created something like this and left a story for the generations to come. I think I was 17 when I told my parents I wanted to be an architect. We don't have any architects in our family. I would have been the first one. First woman in architecture, man in architecture, whatever. Yeah, yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. and it was also a time when everybody wanted to be a software engineer. <laughs> it was the easiest way to come to U.S. and make a career for yourself. Right. So um, it it was a little odd for my parents that I wanted to be an architect, and uh, but they were both professionals and they knew that it's not something you do for money. Your career is something you do for life and for your enjoyment. And they agreed. And even on the day of my counseling, my dad asked me, this is your last chance. Do you want to be an architect? If not, you can go back to something else today. I told him, no, I want to be an architect. Gave you one one last out. Yes, one last time. And uh, our counselor told my dad, architecture is a princely course. It's not just the fees. You'll be having so many other expenses. But I'm glad my dad said yes. And uh, he helped me through my education and yeah. here I am. So do you do you remember what sort of um, where you learned what an architecture architect was? Do you do you remember back back when you discovered architecture? I mean you, you said that you 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 came from a place where architecture is everywhere. Uh-huh. So so did you sort of grow up knowing that there was such a thing as an architect that somebody yes. who designed those buildings yeah. so it just sort of was always part of who you were? Yes. I always knew the architects of the historic buildings also. In fact, there was a tomb of the architect who designed these buildings and we used to play there. And on the tomb, it was inscribed that he was the architect of such and such building. So it it was a part of his legacy, kind of immortalized him. I think that part was more fascinating to me than the contemporary architects and their work. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you end up here in the U.S.? You you were educated in India. Uh, what brought you to the United States? I got married, okay. and I wanted to come to U.S. and always sort of my dream to come to U.S. and have a practice here. And uh, and so you got married. You came to the U.S. So did you? Did your husband also sort of uh, decide that there was, you know, a, a reason to come to the U.S. and you sort of dis- decided yes. to establish your That's- family here? Yeah, better chances and safer environment to raise the kids later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, so then, then, so once you got to the U.S., what happened from there? Uh, the moment I landed, I thought I am an architect and I can start my practice <laughs> right away. But it wasn't so. I got my first job. It was fairly easy to get a job, actually. I went to the interview and told them that I just graduated. So I started my first job as an intern, and it was fairly easy to get in. But then I go to work, and everybody is talking about studs, wood construction, and the whole terminology is new to me. I don't get the words that they are talking about. I don't understand the construction details. So I went home and got me some books from Barnes and Nobles and started studying up. It was like yeah. relearning everything. Was that was that uh, frightening when you when you sort of got your job? You're like, oh, confident that you're going to roll in. You're you know you're well educated, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden everything is different. Was that sort of was that uh, upsetting? Uh, it was a little not upsetting. It was more like a stepping stone to getting where I wanted to eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you sort of just had to recalculate where you were and how you yes. how you get to where you want to go. 
Uh, and then, and then obviously uh, the AREs and the and the IDP, and now it's called AXP. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't find out about a, uh, ARE exams for the longest time after that. It, uh, I didn't have any architect friends. It was just the people at work that I hung out with and asked questions. Yeah. And eventually when I talked to a licensed person, he told me that I need to take these exams. Oh, and wow. he was the one who suggested that I need to join AI network with people my age and know more about what I need to do and uh, get assimilated. Right. And I think that's how I started my journey with AI also. So after I joined AIA, I got my degree evaluated. That was a story in itself because after I moved, my parents had moved to a different city also. And when I wanted my degree evaluated, they wanted all these transcripts. They wanted syllabus of everything, every class I had taken. So my parents had to go back to that city, get everything, mail it to me. And I had to mail it here to the evaluation department get my degree evaluated that yeah. I think that process took me about four to six months. Wow. Wow. But, so, so it's a struggle. It, it's yes, a struggle it to, to, to come here and, and basically start over. Yes. Um, I think these days it's easier because you have so much information on the internet and yeah. uh, there is so much networking also back then this was in uh, 99 internet was there, yeah. but I don't think internet virtual networking was still not a big thing. Right, right. You, you couldn't find all the information you needed by using Google. Right, right. And all the yeah. social media wasn't there yet. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it was a big deal. Yeah, must, must be much easier today. Uh-huh. Um, so um, you obviously had a, a goal of moving to the U.S. You had a goal of, of uh, getting a job and, and becoming an architect. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any other big goals that you uh, have set forth and accomplished and uh, and? Have something to share with us about a big goal? Uh, licensure had? is still my number yeah, one goal. Yep. It's been ongoing for years and yeah. years now. So when was think... when was your last one? Because you said you're six seventh of the way there, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so so when was the last exam that you took? I think it was around eight months ago. Okay, and so yeah. you're you're step by step getting there. So do you have getting a, there? Do you have a plan for that last one? Yes, I was supposed to take it in January, but uh, there was a health scare with my husband, so I couldn't take it. And the next time I wanted to take it, I had to go to India. My oh. mother had a heart attack. Oh, so it's goodness. like my test is jinxed. Yeah, yeah. So maybe third time is a charm, and this time I don't have to postpone or cancel my test, and right. I can just take it and be done. So do you have it scheduled? Yes. Do you know when you're going to take it? When, when is yeah. it so we can all celebrate uh, with you? It's in summer. Okay. I'm great. not telling the date. Yeah, I'm not jinxing it this time. Okay, no problem. But when you when you when you achieve your goal, let us know on social media and we'll have a big party. We'll do. We'll do. Okay. That's so, the biggest goal and the other goal is to stay involved in the profession. I know we all go to our jobs and connect with the people there, but I think architecture is not just about the job. It's we have to be a part of the profession and connect with things outside our workplace. So being with AIA is another goal of mine and connecting with more architects, connecting with the profession, knowing what's going on and being a part of it. That's a secondary goal and ongoing goal. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. The the uh, the AI has so much to offer small firm architects and sole practitioners and people working their way up. Um, uh-huh. There, you know, there's sort of especially in the small firm community, uh, there's there's a you know a, a big conversation going on on how much the AI does for the for the small firms. That a lot of small firm architects feel that they don't 
offer very much for us. And I disagree. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot out there for the AIA. You yes. just have to go find it. And and like you said, you have to get involved. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you need to you know, make a change. The only way it's going to make a change is to get in there and, and go do it yourself. Um, yes. And so I commend you for getting involved and being active with AIA. And, and obviously, it's it's helped you get to where you are today. It is. It is really helpful. Actually, I wanted to share another thing. Yeah. There is a traveling Frank Lloyd uh, Wright exhibit in the Bowers Museum close to us. And uh, they have organized a few tours by architects as docents. And this was, I will be one of the docents for August tours. And this was something I never had on my goals or my to-do list because I didn't even know an opportunity like this would come up. Yeah. So being in AIA, being a part of the profession helps you know such things and be a part of the conversation and the change. Yeah, yeah. So get involved. Get involved, people. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. FreshBooks, Core by BQE Software, and RCAT. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for the whole team by project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. My favorite feature at FreshBooks is the automated invoice reminders. It's a simple feature, and I think sending invoices and getting paid is one of the biggest barriers to our success as entrepreneur architects. Who has the time, right? But if we don't send out those invoices, we don't get paid. FreshBooks makes it easy to send out invoices and get paid online with a click of a button. And when your client doesn't pay on time, FreshBooks will send them a friendly email reminder automatically through a simple system that you control. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks to access FreshBooks for free for 30 days and be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. One of the most often requested resources here at the Entree Architect community is project management software. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? Well, this podcast is sponsored by our friends, the AIA Advantage partner, BQE Software. They are the makers of ArchiOffice. But BQE just released a new product built just for us architects. It's called Core. You may have heard about it. BQE built Core in response to what we want in a project management software. BQE Core lets you practically run your office from a single platform. Time and expense tracking, project management, dashboards, reports, billing, and accounting are seamlessly integrated in an easy-to-use interface that will save you time, effort, and money. And listeners to this podcast, the Entree Architect podcast, can get a free 15-day trial, free, for core. Try it out at entrearchitect.com slash BQE entrearchitect.com slash BQE. If you've been listening to this podcast anytime during the last few months, you've heard me talk about our friends, RCAT. And hopefully you're using their free resources every day as an architect. For those of you who have not yet checked them out, RCAT's a great tool for us small firm architects. RCAT has a huge library of free content 
CAD, BIM, specifications, and tons more. And they've done all the work for you. If you need a spec, click over and download a CSI three-part specification in multiple formats, any way you want it. And how about a CAD detail or a BIM object? They're there, all free, at the click of a mouse. It's super simple. RCAD has tons of building products. Their content is there, ready for you to use, and it's all completely free. And you don't even have to register to download it. Check it out at RCAT.com. Have you tried out their newest free tool? It's called Charette. Create a project, assign tasks, share and collaborate with colleagues and clients in real time. Pull content from the RCAT database or from anywhere on the web and put it in Charette. Keeps it organized in all one place. And guess what? Charette is free too for the Entree Architect community. Visit them at entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, A-R-C-A-T, entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, and click on the charrette icon to check them out and let them know that Entree Architect sent you. FreshBooks, Core by BQE Software and RCAT. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. Uh, how about a struggle? Have you obviously coming coming from the from India to the U.S. and, and finding that everything is different? Uh, uh -huh. it, was that your big struggle, or do you have other struggles? Um, you no, share? actually, I want to share something else. Yeah, yeah. So about four years ago, I used to work as a stipulated sum consultant, and I was working on a multifamily project, and uh, this was with an architect that I worked. Other with other projects also. So we had a sort of friendship and camaraderie going on. And I wrote contracts still, even though it was mostly verbal, I didn't leave it to that. Still wrote contracts, yeah. made, made him sign, I signed, documented everything. And uh, the project stopped midway. The client couldn't get funding and the project stopped around 40% of the work through. And by that time, we had spent a lot of uh, time working on the drawings, and we had all-nighters, we worked weekends mm -hmm. and all that. But at the end of the project, when the client paid the architect, I didn't get paid what was rightfully my share. Yeah, I saw that coming. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what happened? So, um, but then luckily, I had written the contract that said, in case of termination, I need to be paid this, this, and this. And uh, I did demand what was rightfully mine. I did get what I wanted, but it kind of strained the relationship also. Yeah. Uh, after that, I didn't have the same enthusiasm working with him. It was not, before that, I would take ownership of a project, even though I was a consultant. But after that, it, it just ruined my enthusiasm. And eventually we parted ways and I worked with different architects. But yeah. yeah, that was a huge struggle for me to go up to him and tell him that, hey, this is what you need to pay me and you need to do that uh, the thing. Right, right. Well, that's a great lesson for people listening. I mean, for one, have the contract, even if it's a friend, right? Because that, that, that's right. what don't saved you. Leave, don't leave gray zones when it comes to money. Right, yeah. So have it written down and then and then use it. That if it, if it happens, because that's that's really the struggle, right? Getting the contract is just smart. Um, acting on the contract, when something like that happens, to actually go back to them and say, hey, uh -huh. I deserve to get paid here. 
and here's why, and here's the document that says why. And because that takes a lot of courage to, to have that conflict. Because I think a lot of architects, especially me, I don't like conflict. I don't like having that, that <laughs> conversation. It's, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable. Um, but it's something that we have to do. We have to learn how to do that. So we need to value our services. If yeah. we don't value them, no one else will. Yeah. And, and I would, I would ask, I want to ask you, um, do you feel that that had given, given, has given you more confidence and more strength to deal with it next time? Yes. That if it ever happens I again. I write better contracts after that. Yeah. And I talk about money upfront. Even if it's a friend, even if it's a person I worked with before, I just repeat my terms again and again so that there's no gray zone. There is nothing left unsaid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't assume anymore. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes, you know, when you when you go through through struggle, then that's why I ask this question uh, mm -hmm. is is because it's not only about the struggle and the story about the struggle and, and how you went through it, but what it does to you as a person and an architect. Mm -hmm after it happens it it it's something that you you have now dealt with it has given you more strength it has built you up mm -hmm. and it allows you to become a stronger more powerful person as you proceed yeah and i think by sharing that story with others i'm kind of telling everybody to learn a lesson from my experience and cover themselves yeah yeah and that's why i love this this series that we're doing we're bringing everybody from the community and and just uh -huh. you know asking about your story and and sharing these kind of struggles and what you did to get get through them because we're all dealing with those kind of struggles right we're yes. all dealing with with something similar to that and and yes. uh you know this podcast and the facebook group we have an opportunity to share with each other uh how we've done things and and we all can benefit from that so i appreciate you sharing that story uh was there a specific aha moment that you've had in your career where something sort of this moment happened and everything sort of changed in, in the way you looked at things? Yes, it came in late in my career, though. So when I was a young immigrant and a young mother and worked in architecture industry, I didn't really have many people to talk to and share what I go through. A lot of people that I hung out with didn't know that architecture doesn't end when you shut down your computer. It stays with you throughout the day. Yeah. And I couldn't really tell people that sometimes I put in extra hours, but that's a personal choice. But I then struggle with the work-life balance. Yep. And it, it, I just continued with that conflict for a long time. And then I read Rosa Shank's blog about missing 32%. Yep. And I read through the stories of other women and I read their conflicts about work-life balance. And that was my aha moment. Suddenly I realized that it was not a me problem. It was more of a us problem, us as in women in architecture problem. Yeah. So that helped me look at it with a new perspective. I don't look at it as a my issue anymore. It's a collective issue. And I think that also inspired me to start the Women in Architecture Committee for AI Orange County. So yeah, uh, Rosa Shanks missing 32% had a huge influence in me. It she not only enlightened me in what was going on and why it was going on, I think she also inspired me to be a part of the change, be a part of the solution. Yeah, Rosa is doing some great work and yes. and uh, and inspiring so many. Rosa is a good friend of mine. She's been on the show. We'll actually link up the show about missing thirty two percent on on the uh, on the show notes. Uh, really doing some great work and inspiring other people like you to to continue that to grow it and yes. create your own uh, committees at your own AIA chapters and elsewhere uh, to to make make 
change things to make yes. things happen it, it it helps a lot to know that it's not a it's not one person's issue it helps to know that many women are going through the same i i really loved being a part of our equity in design series yeah yeah and and it's and from my point of view yes the 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 mission and the the movement is about women in architecture and equity um, mm -hmm. but there is so much to learn man or woman uh, from the equity and design movement and the blog and the things they're teaching there is about mm -hmm. becoming a better person, becoming a stronger, more confident person uh, and claiming what's rightly yeah. yours and uh, and making change, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's whether it's equity or any other change that you see needs to be done. Uh, it's an inspiring thing that Rose is doing and you are doing. Uh, so I thank you for doing that. Thank you. Uh, so let's get into some quick questions. This is sort of the, the lightning round of the Entree Architect series here. Um, at what age did you become an architect? Or actually, uh, at, what, what age, at what age did you decide to become an architect? I always miss that 17. question. 17. 17. 17. Yeah. So it was a firm decision at 17. There was no going back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your what's your target market? What's the type of work that you typically work on? Uh, I don't have a set target market. I go with the flow. I go with interesting projects rather than a set market type. Uh, so far, I've worked with a lot of retail and multifamily. Um, I don't know. In the future, I want to work on a skyscraper someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about uh, your fee? When when you're when you're because you used to work freelance. You were talking about working uh -huh. freelance. When you were working freelance, were you doing stipulated sum hourly or percentage? Stipulated some. So it stipulates some. You just sort of decide this is the scope of work. This is yes. how much it's going to cost, and we do the work, and you pay me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, other than architecture, what makes you happy? Do you have any hobbies or passions? I blog. I take a lot of pictures, and I am very active on Instagram. Keep posting about buildings, things that interest me, and I volunteer at the AIA chapters. That's how I kind of work on my architecture passions and uh, related passions. Yeah. And I attend architecture film festivals. I travel a lot. And every time we travel, we have to go to some place that has architectural significance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never get away from it. Yes. What's the best advice you ever received? Get licensed. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> How about uh, a personal habit or daily routine that contributes to your success? I keep a to-do list, uh, be it for personal uh, things or professional things. I have a to-do list and I have priority order. I start the things that need to be done that day. It helps me to get the important things done. Are you? Is that a paper list or is that uh, paper online? List. Yeah, so just a notepad yeah, just and a pencil? Piece of paper, yeah. Yeah, and so do you integrate your, your work list and your personal list? No, I don't. So it's two separate lists? Two separate lists. Personal yeah. list is on the fridge at home and uh, yeah. work list is at work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about a, um, a recommended app or an internet resource? Uh, Entree Architect website, of course. I learned a lot of things uh, from your website and Architect, Architect blogs. I love Bob Borson's blogs and I love everybody who writes for Architects. And Archispeak podcast, that's very interesting. I love that too. And... Uh, Facebook group for anti-architects. There's a lot of knowledge to be shared there too. Yeah, yeah, it's a great group. I, I love um, the Architox series. Uh, mm -hmm. For anybody who doesn't know, the Architects Architox series, you can search the hashtag Architox. 
uh, and it's this, it's a couple dozen, you know, 50, 60 architects now uh, writing all on the same subject at the same time every month. So uh, every month it it's posted all the architects, they all publish at the same time and it's, they all write about the same topic. And it's very interesting to see the different perspectives and the different angles architects write about because they're just sort of given, given a, a few words uh, as the topic and then we all write about that topic. And so uh, Magna has been a contributor to that and we'll, we'll post her blog um, link on our show notes as well. So we can, uh, we can get you over there. Also um, your Instagram, we'll post that also on the, the um, okay. We'll get people to follow what you're doing over there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how about a, a recommended book, and why would you recommend uh, it? My favorite book is Eames' Beautiful Details. My daughter calls it a picture book, uh-huh. but the book makes me happy. Charles and Ray Eames are my favorite architects, and uh, at the end of the day, sometimes I just want to look at uh, the details they find in all these everyday things and be inspired by them. It, it's a very inspirational picture book. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at that one. I'll have to look at that one. Uh-huh. Um, so this is the question that I ask everybody, whether it's on this series or whether it's it's uh, a, an expert coming on and teaching us something. But what is one thing an entrepreneur architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? That's sort of an, a question that's sort of, you know, it's something that you can focus on right away and see some results in a relatively short time. Respect your time and value your talents always. No, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Um, how about a parting piece of guidance? And then we'll wrap up with uh, how we can connect with you. Be open to new ideas and diverse experiences. Life has a lot to offer. Just be open to everything new. And then how? what's the best way if somebody wanted to reach out to you and say hi and connect with you? What's the best way to connect with you? Um, on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and on the Facebook group for Ante Architect. Okay. And we'll have links to all of that. So you can just go to entrearchitect.com. Uh, we'll have links to, to everything that you can connect to with Megna. Megna, thank you very much for joining me here today at Entree Architect Podcast at the Entrepreneur Architect Series and for sharing your knowledge here with us today. Thanks for having me, Mark. If you liked what we shared here today, I have one simple request for you. Share it with a friend. Pick one friend, just one that you think might benefit from this episode and share a link for this show with them. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 181. That's the link to share, entrearchitect.com slash episode 181. And don't forget to visit the website to learn more about Entree Architect Academy, our private online membership program that's built for you, the small firm entrepreneur architect. If you're struggling, if you're trying to figure out how to get your business to work, you can build a better business. I promise you, we can show you how. To learn more, visit the homepage today at entrearchitect.com. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Think about it. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.